Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Jo Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Today's episode is sponsored by Ravel and Bethany House Publishers, which are divisions of Baker Publishing Group. Find out more at bakerpublishinggroup.com. Hello, everyone. This is Jamie Jill Wright with Madlet Musings, and I am super excited today. We have with us Anne Gabhart, who has released another wonderful book called In the Shadow of the River. Welcome, Anne. Well, thanks for letting me come by and talk to you and your listeners. Oh, absolutely. And I will throw in the caveat that Anne is like me. She likes to live out in places where the internet cannot always reach you. So we might have a few moments of frozen in time, which is totally fine. But we'll just let our, our viewers and listeners know that in advance, that nothing's wrong with your speakers if you're listening and all of a sudden we get choppy for a little bit. <laughs> but Anne, tell me tell me and the readers about this new book that has such a beautiful cover. It looks like a houseboat or a, a riverboat on it. It's a riverboat showboat, and uh, in those days, the showboats were just huge rafts that had to be pushed by a uh, steamboat. So on the picture in, in the girl's dress, you can see actually the showboat plus plus the uh, pusher, or the towboat, they call it, and uh, it it's a great cover. You're right. A beautiful cover. So, I, d- I do uh, see that. the story matches. Yes. Yeah, well, I'm sure it will. <laughs> I uh, started looking for a new idea and I came across all these pictures of uh, river boats and how the river was such a way of transportation in the 1800s. And yeah. I came across then about the showboats and many of the showboats were, were run or operated by families of actors and I thought, well, that would be fun to uh, make my characters a family on the showboat. And so I just let one thing lead to another. And eventually I came up with JC and uh, her mom having a problem and having to take refuge on the Kingston Floating Palace. And she, uh, the bad things happened, but then JC found a home with the showboat family and she, uh, loved acting and her grandfather was a showboat actor and she loved dancing and singing with her grandfather and she grew up then on a showboat oh how neat is that and what river does this take place on well actually the showboat started in the east in the spring as soon as the river no longer had ice on it and they would go into west virginia on rivers and then and they would get on Ohio and go to the down to the Mississippi, and then they'd go all the way to Louisiana. Okay, could stop and and have a show. But my book, even though they will eventually get to the Mississippi River, in my book they are only on the Ohio River. The Ohio River. That's kind of neat because I don't I don't know that I've read a lot of books set on the Ohio River. In fact, a lot of people may not even be familiar that there is an Ohio River. Well, it's a very big river, and it runs between Kentucky and Ohio, so I have my showboat. Uh, the showboats landed at a, a different place each night, 
and put it on a show every night during the season, except on Sundays. Mm. And so they would go along the river and stop at these small landings and let the people know that the showboat was there and people would come to watch the show that night. But I usually had my, since I usually put my books in the Kentucky settings, I let them uh, stop on the Kentucky side of the Ohio. Well, that sounds good. You have to do that. <laughs> Pay homage to Kentucky. <laughs> oh, I love it. So the story is about JC and um, she's part of the showboat family, but it looks like there's a little bit of a mystery involved with the story as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, as I said at the very beginning of the book, uh, JC is just five years old okay. and uh, someone tries to kidnap her. And in the process, her mother gets wounded, uh, gets hurt. And so JC and, and the mother and her mother take a, a refuge, like I said, on the, the floating palace. Mm -hmm. And there's sort of a mystery about why anybody would want to uh, kidnap JC at that age. Uh, there's a mystery about uh, about JC's mother. Uh, is that really her mother or, or mm -hmm. is there some uh, interesting background to that? And so... JC doesn't know any of this history of her beginnings. She does remember uh, the uh, confrontation on the uh, steamship where her mother was away, a maid, and she remembers that. And she knows that there's something different, that there's some mystery here. And she's heard him talk about a woman named Elizabeth. And so she's never really sure exactly what's going on. But when she gets in the second part, excuse me, in the second part of the book, she's 20. Okay. And she wants to know about her past. And so she starts delving into those shadowy parts of her past. And, and then she finds a little danger. She finds some uh, adventure. And and when somebody tries to uh, kill her on the showboat, then it's time to, for the secrets to come out. That would be time for the secrets. <laughs> Are you enjoying today's broadcast with our featured author? You can find out more about them and other authors from Baker Publishing Group at bakerbookhouse.com. Use code MADLIT40 for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title at bakerbookhouse.com. This also includes Ravel and Bethany House Publishing. Go over fast. It's MADLIT40. That's your magic code for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title. I love that um, this is set on the Ohio River. It's set in 1896 um, with the Showboat family. And now she's exploring questions of her past and um, the elements of danger. Was the showboats in that time period, were the people on the showboats um, well accepted within society as actors because i know in certain stages of history actors were kind of looked down upon as um transients or or not necessarily part of society transients because they moved from one landing to the next landing every day so uh, 10 months a year Mm -hmm. uh, that was actually early in the 1800s. Some of those were circuses where they had horses and all kinds of animals that they took around. Right. The Civil War sort of stopped all that. And okay. So then it was some time after that before uh, the showboats came back. 
and uh, they were taking entertainment to people that didn't have a way to to get to shows. But then as the transportation came, uh, they'd had trains that would take you places instead of just having to do all river travel. Mm-hmm. So the showboats, in order to compete, became very ornate and glamorous. And uh, the people loved the showboats. They had showboat fever. They they heard that Calliope start playing, which was a steam steam piano that would drift over mm-hmm. the whole countryside. They'd hear that, and people would put a, put aside their chores, hunt their nickels and dimes and and head for the river to go to the show that night did the shows actually take place on the showboat or did the actors come off of it okay they did they would come up when they tied up which was usually earlier in the afternoon they would have a parade into town they would have their band and they would parade into town and tell the people that the showboat was there and and then the show was usually around eight o'clock that night. And they had huge theaters. At the beginning, they would maybe seat 100 to begin with, but then they got bigger and would be 300. And before it was over, they had showboats that would seat over 1,000 people wow. in their theaters on their showboats. So they, they were big, big ornate affairs by the end of the of the 1800s and the early 1900s. I guess they were. I did not picture them being that large. I was thinking, well, if all these people are coming, did they have to shut off the, shut the doors or did they have enough room for people? They were really large theaters at the end of, at the beginning of the 1900s and the end of the 1800s. Mm -hmm. They just kept getting bigger and bigger. (laughs) <laughs> now did you watch the um showboat the mu- the musical showboat with Hammerstein Rodgers and Hammerstein No I read the book though. You did okay <laughs> Did that I inspire any no. no that's all right Did that inspire any any of this or is this pretty much its own standalone Well this is definitely its own standalone yeah. and uh, I didn't really get as many ideas from that movie mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I did read a book about a family that had a showboat, okay. the Bryant family, and uh, it was written, I think, by the son, and he talked about growing up on the showboat, and of course, at the beginning, they had a small showboat, and then they got bigger and bigger as mm-hmm. they went. And it opened up a lot of ideas for me, uh, not oh. that I copied it, but it, no, it showed no. me. What life was like on a right. on a river showboat at that time? Yeah, they were a little later than my story. They were, I think, in the early 1900s. That uh, particular family, mm-hmm. but there were most of the showboats had a family uh, that ran the showboat or owned the showboat, and and they got to be quite a competition between the showboat owners to have the biggest and best showboat in I the was early 1900s. Yeah, it's kind of like you have a traveling show and you want to outdo the other ones that are also on the river. And <laughs> that's what happens. Oh, that's great. I know here, so I'm from Wisconsin and I know um, not too far from us, just a couple hours. I think it's, I think it's in Iowa on the um, Mississippi River. There's still a, sh- a showboat that you can go and you can get tickets and have your dinner and watch a show on the Mississippi River. And it's supposed to be in the fashion of these these old showboats that that used to ride the rivers. And I've always wanted to go. So now I'm really interested. 
Well, those showboats are, are usually uh, in one place. Yeah. They don't tour the river like they did. And, and the showboats that I've researched didn't feed anybody. I mean, they might have tried to sell them some a little bit on the way, but okay. they didn't feed feed anybody and they certainly didn't allow any booze on board oh no that was uh not allowed but i'm sure that sometimes it was uh brought in in bags that nobody could see probably but uh, <laughs> but they <laughs> wanted to keep the uh crowd as um, polite as possible because if they didn't like the show it could get pretty rowdy in those in those days i suppose i suppose so i've seen that you know, old movies and, and different things like that, where with the showboats, or I shouldn't even call them showboats, I should ask the question, they would have um, like gambling tables and stuff too on some of the boats in the histories or the movies that I've seen. Is that different than an actual showboat? Are they like a completely different enterprise? That would be different. That would be a steamship steamboat okay and and the steamboats were very ornate at times too and yeah. they had uh suites that people could travel from here to there in and they did definitely have lots of gamblers aboard okay in fact uh, jc's father is a steamboat uh oh. gambler okay so uh, we, we do pull a little of that in but not much because mm -hmm. we're on the showboat and on right. the showboat they were generally uh very christian i mean they didn't want to have those kind of problems aboard their, yeah. their showboats. They were very family oriented. I think that's neat though, to make that distinction because, you know, like I said, so often in history, we, we get the more rowdy side of a showboat or steam, I should say steamboat in the scenario. And um, the showboats really were like, yeah, I mean, you didn't have televisions, <laughs> you didn't have movie theaters and such. This was where you would go. For entertainment as a family correct if you lived by a river that's right and the kids of course really loved it and if people did some of this took place when people were not uh, doing as well financially and so some of the showboats in they might come and bring a, a side of bacon or a dozen mm. eggs or something to barter to get onto the into the showboat so it's very family oriented and, and a lot of times the families that did run the show both their children were also actors. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the books I've researched, uh, the baby that was born on the showboat became the baby in the dramas that they put on. And so, you know, they, they were ready to go at the very beginning with those showboats. Yeah, it really was a fabric of their family then. That's so fascinating. I guess that's a part of American history I've just not been very familiar with. So it's it's neat to have that written into a fiction novel, too, because I'll be more likely to read it. <laughs> well, I enjoy uh, coming across things that I don't know too much about when I'm writing. And I've right. done that several times with my stories. But uh, I know a lot about the showboats because originally I was thinking steamboats when I was beginning okay. my research. But uh, then I came across the showboats and I thought, even though I'm not an actor and have never uh, played a role in a show, I came across with a group of actors and it was a lot of fun. Of course, the dramas they put on were uh, usually very melodramatic. And then they also <laughs> did vaudeville acts. They okay. did vaudeville acts. Yep. And sometimes uh, in my book, I have a, an acrobatic uh, family as well. Oh, fine. And a... Uh, 
different types of acts. They would put on the drama and then they would have individual acts. All the all the actors, women and actresses would put on individual acts. Okay. So they did magic acts and and all kinds of all kinds of ventriloquist, that sort of thing. So, so it, was, it was fun. Yeah. So it kind of reminds me a little bit of the very old fashioned version of America's Got Talent. <laughs> well, you could say that. <laughs> Except you're on a river and, and it's probably a lot more um filled with ambiance and interest. So <laughs> <laughs> well, they like their dramatic shows. They yes. did a lot of Shakespeare. I didn't do Shakespeare on mine, but they did Shakespeare and Uncle Tom's Cabin was a mm-hmm. very popular show at that time and and they sort of did one show the whole season and okay we would try another show the next season oh that sounds like such a such a different life that I would be used to but really really interesting and fascinating so when readers pick up your book um in the shadow of the river um is there a little bit of romance and faith involved in the story too not got as much uh scripture in it as some of my books do Uh, they do have faith and uh, is mentioned, but not quite as strong as some of my other books have been. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely a Christian novel. There is romance uh, along with the mystery and suspense. Uh, like I said, the uh, main character, J.C., is five at the beginning. But that's about, well, not halfway, maybe a third way through the book. She turns 20 and we just okay. hop those 15 years to 1896 and uh, uh, then she uh, has some romance then uh, she's got a Gabe is uh, the son of the showboat owners okay and he's 28 maybe (laughs) and uh, once you you write these books and get started on another book all those ages get mixed up in your head even the names (laughs) the names of the characters get mixed up (laughs) they do they do so far i haven't said the wrong name but <laughs> so he he has always been in love with jc mm-hmm. even he was 13 when she came on board at at five but even then you know but she thinks of him as a brother okay because he's always been her big brother so this is how uh horse romance does happen and and how she finds out that maybe she didn't have this brotherly feelings as she thought she did I like that. You know, I do love that, that um, kind of that childhood buddy slash friend. And then you grow up and you're like, oh, maybe there's more. Maybe. <laughs> and the little butterflies start happening when you're not expecting them. So that's a fun, fun stage for romance. So. And he has always told her every time she says, oh, you're the best brother ever. He says, I've always told you I am not your brother. <laughs> Making sure he's defining it the Making way he sure wants it. He remembers that. Mm, I like that. I like that. Oh, this is great. So In the Shadow of the River is already out on bookshelves. So readers can yes. pick that up at any time they want to from just about any bookseller out there. So um, if you love Anne Gabhart, you're going to want to get a hold of this book. If you've not read her, you're going to want to get a hold of this book. I don't think there's any lose in this situation. It's all win-win for the reader. Well, Baker Bookhouse is a great place to go if you like print books, mm-hmm. but it's also available at any of the booksellers online or if it, you have a favorite bookstore somewhere. Even if they don't have it on the shelf, they are always willing to order a book for you if you request it. 
Yes. Uh, some people like some people like the paper books and some mm -hmm. people are okay with e-readers. So whatever you like, it's out there. <laughs> I'm a paperback fan myself, personally. And I love going into those little privately owned bookshops. And if they don't have, that's a really good point. If they don't have the book on the shelf, that doesn't mean they can't get it. And they would love to order it for you um, in most scenarios. So um, you might have to wait just a little bit longer, but it's worth it to support those small businesses and bookstores. So. Well, I agree. We we don't want all our bookstores to disappear because no. there's nothing like going to a bookstore oh, and, I know. and browsing all the shelves. Absolutely. Absolutely. So definitely support that local bookstore if you have one and um, spend some time there too. So, and this has been so much fun having you. I've actually learned a lot. Now I want to go study up on showboats because it sounds extremely fascinating. <laughs> And if people want to know more about my uh, books yeah. that are writing, they can always visit me at www.annhgabhart.com. I love uh, talking to people on Facebook, and uh, I have a blog that I I uh, do this or that on a couple of times a week. So that's great. I love getting I love getting to know my readers or getting to know readers whether they read my books or not. <laughs> <laughs> Readers are the best. I agree. They are so much they fun. Are. Yes. And it's it's fun to mingle with people who appreciate the written word and the story because the story is the best part. <laughs> yeah, story is good. Yes. I like a good story for sure. Me too. Me too. Well, thanks so much for being with us, Anne. And we'll have you back when you have another book coming out. Well, I just have finished one up by getting ready to hit Send to my editor today. Perfect. So, Perfect. So no wonder my uh, ages were all mixed up because I've been reading all about them <laughs> for the last week or two. I hear you. I hear you on that. Well, we will let you get back to that and um, we'll look forward to more books from you in the future. Thank you a lot. Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Madlit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at jamiewrightbooks.com.